Pangarang Radio, Pangarang Radio, PangarangRadio.com. In three, two, one. Press play. Ooh. Let's get decadent. I'm going out. I gotta go. I'll bang a ring on the radio. So turn it up. I'm telling you. I think I'm ready for something new. Hey, hello. It's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello. It's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. You're listening to Pop Punk and Pizza on Bangarang Radio. Good afternoon, or maybe good evening, or good morning, whatever time of the day you're listening to this, or whatever day you are listening to it. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. I'm Jacques Lamore, your host, and it's so great to be back here once again on the Pop Punk and Pizza podcast. Got a great show for you, as always, and have some other great shows in the works for you. I got a lot of new ideas mixing around in my head for how I can prepare this podcast for you. So anyway, our special guest today is Johnny Hamlin, who is the guitarist and lead vocalist of Lights Over Bridgeport out of the Chicago area, which, if you're not familiar, is where I'm from. I'm not actually in Chicago. I'm actually, I actually live an hour south of Chicago, but the Chicago scene is you know, one of the many scenes that I tend to cover and talk about, and obviously no people in it because that's the scene I uh, played in or one of the many scenes I played in among the the burbs and things like that back in the day when I was in the projection. But anyway, Johnny is such a wonderful guy, super nice. We had a great conversation last week. We actually did the uh, conversation over Facebook Live, so maybe you've heard some of it, um, actually. So um, that's something you want to make sure to do is follow us on Facebook Twitter and Instagram at Pop Punk Pizza Pod because um, we do live interviews on mainly on our Facebook um, sometimes. So make sure you do that. But Lights Over Bridgeport just announced they're releasing a full length record, which is something that's kind of hard to do with the COVID 19 pandemic going on right now. Which, by the way, I hope you're staying healthy. But Lights Over Bridgeport actually had all of this planned out before the pandemic hit and then once it hit they're like let's just we're, we're gonna push through we're gonna keep going forward because we had this planned already so let's do it so the new album is called better this way it's out may 22nd and you can pre-order it right now at lightsoverbridgeport.com now they just released a new single and a music video for this song called Morning in Chicago, which is what Johnny and I talk about in our interview, among many other things. He's got a great story about Mike Herrera from MXPX, actually, to uh, go along with today's episode, among many other things. We talk about so many things, and uh, it was great to finally sit down with Johnny because Johnny is someone that I've known. We've kind of known each other for a little while, but we've actually never conversed. We've seen each other in public a few times, but there was no, like, hellos or anything like that. I, I remember seeing him from a distance at some shows. But anyway, so I uh, hope to have many more conversations with Johnny, especially when the new record comes out. Um, before 
we get to that convo with Johnny, I want to go ahead and play Morning in Chicago for you, just so you kind of have an idea of what uh, song we're talking about. So here we go. Morning in Chicago, Lights Over Bridgeport on Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. Enjoy.
Lights Over Bridgeport, Morning in Chicago. That is our guest today, or at least Johnny Hamlin, the lead vocalist and guitarist is. So let's go ahead and get to that interview. Rock and roll, man. Awesome. Well, welcome Johnny Hamlin of uh, Lights Over Bridgeport to Pop Punk and Pizza Podcast. It's so great to finally talk to you. <laughs> yeah, dude. I uh, like we don't know each other, and I feel like you're like the best guy that I don't know. <laughs> which, which, like you know, I'm a little bit like beefing about that because that's supposed to be my reputation but uh that's so funny because that's exactly i was gonna say that's exactly <laughs> how i feel about you like that's how i would de- how i would describe <laughs> you like i we've well, never i've seen you in in person in real life but we've never actually had a face-to-face conversation but i've seen you at shows and i'm like oh i know who that is that's johnny and he seems like such an awesome guy well, that is very flattering, dude. But I'm 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 super stoked to be on and to get a chance to to chat with you. I know we've talked a little bit, you know, just like through the messenger and all that. So yeah, uh, thanks for having me on, man. This is incredible. It's been a a crazy you know few weeks, but certainly a crazy forty eight hours oh my for gosh. the band. So yeah, <laughs> right. Well, you know, releasing new music in a time like this is just it's crazy. It's like really good, but it's like really bad all at the same time. Right, man. Like, uh, you know, I had really weird feelings about it. Like when I started kind of realizing what was happening in the world and, you know, realizing that we were on this pretty much like unavoidable pathway to like intersect with, you know, these world events with like the the release of our music. And like I said, I felt weird about it, but, you know, just like was immediately redeemed when, you know, I, I kind of connected with a few friends and, and ran it by them. But certainly when, when stuff started to kind of trickle out there, the response has been overwhelmingly positive and it's, it's humbling and really cool to be able to, um, to offer something to, to someone during a, a rough time. So that is really rad. I agree. So what, when was the, the moment, um, that, uh, you just you were starting to have second thoughts what what was the like which covid-19 announcement was making you <laughs> second guess yourself on on releasing or the band i guess the you know uh, the band reconsidering possibly moving the date well you know what to be honest man we never really had an option of of re- of moving the date because the moment that you're asking me about honestly came after everything was locked in. Um, I think the last thing that I did was like, I simultaneously booked our record release show. Um, and then I, and and I also finalized the digital distribution for the record with, with my guitar player. And I think it was less than five days after that, that, um, you know, like at my office, they started to say that we might be closing down like, you know, office operations and all this stuff. So I can't remember the exact date, but I mean, rescheduling was never an option because we had everything locked and loaded, uh, to be released on, like I said, the, the digital. And then, um, we've been kind of like strategically planning all of this, hinging totally upon when our vinyl is going to be pressed. And mm. that's been something that's been in process since January. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, so everything was already kind of lined up, 
it was more so just that when all this crazy stuff started happening, I was just like, yo, is this even cool? Like, do people even want to pay attention to like a pre-order for a record? Yeah. You know, like when there's this mass chaos and uh, it just seems so like not important in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, dude, we, I've literally put years of work into this record, so there's just no turning back. I mean, it, it, we can't put it off any more than we already have. Right. So, you know, I'm in, and here it is. So, because what the last EP was three years ago, right? Do I have that right? Yeah, it came out in February, February third, two thousand and seventeen, and I actually started writing stuff for the new album that's coming out. Like actually, even before that EP was released. Oh wow! So uh, yeah, so it's a long time in the making, and you know we're. We're obviously chopping up a bit to get it out there, so... Yeah, right, right, exactly. I mean, and especially with um, with what's happening uh, right now in the world, you're probably even more anxious to get it out there, because people have no excuse not to give it a listen and check it out. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess <laughs> not. I mean, that, that part can't hurt, yeah. so... That's... Uh, Man, I just, I know, I, I just can't get over everything that's happening. Where, you mentioned work. Where, what do you do for a living? So by day, I have a job in the, I would say, healthcare business slash healthcare administration industry. Uh, I work for a company that's basically like a service broker. It's super boring. Um, you know, I like, when I was young, I was convinced by my parents and society that like, if I didn't go to college, like everything was going to come crashing down around me. So, uh, you know, so like I went to college and like got myself a bachelor's degree and I'm, I'm thankful for that. But, um, that path like led me down this sort of healthcare path and, uh, and I'm thankful for a day job to pay the bills, but it was a little bit later in life that I was like, Hey, I also like really love music and that's like what I really care about. So I'm going to start doing this. Um, but yeah, uh, that's my day job, I guess. Okay. All right. I know the, uh, um, yeah, I've never heard of that. That's, that sounds really strange how, how you're describing it. Really? Yeah. I've never heard of, I've never heard of, uh, that specific like position before. Well, uh, are you talking, are you, are you referring to the fact that I didn't give you an exact job title or are you talking about my past? <laughs> No, no, no. I'm talking about the your job. I'm sorry. My my brain is so scattered right now. Um, I I meant your your current job, not the whole, you know, having to get a bachelor's oh, okay. thing. Yeah. 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 No. Um, well, I mean, you know, to get technical, like basically, um, you know, there's a lot of like bureaucratic red tape and like process stuff that goes along with delivering healthcare services, and I'm my job is like, I'm a small cog in that machine. Basically, uh, my company like pays for services for elderly and disabled folks. And my job is to make sure that the service providers do what they're supposed to do according to what we're paying them for. Um, so, you know, the government has all these checks and balances in place to make sure that taxpayer dollars are going toward services that are, you know, vetted and appropriate for individuals, and and I'm kind of like the guy that makes sure that ha that happens. I guess. Dang. Yeah, that that sounds pretty serious. It can be, um, but whatever. You know, like 
mean, I mean, it is it is serious, especially right now. But um, you know, I I don't really like identify too much with like my my day job and my career. Like I said, I'm really thankful for it, um, and I'm good at it, if I may say so myself. I'm but sure you I'm are. Not, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's important stuff, and I love being able to help people, but. Um, it's not what I really get excited about. I actually get more excited about pizza. So I'm <laughs> very excited to be on your show because if this was a, you know, a, a healthcare uh, contracting podcast, I would not be interested despite my expertise. <laughs> so um, pizza, if we were actually doing this traditionally, we'd obviously be eating pizza together right now. So if we were doing that, what would we be eating? You know, what I was going to ask you about that. Um, I, I forgive me because I don't know probably as much about your podcast as I should. But hey, that's totally I, fine. I'm sure there's there's plenty of things <laughs> I don't know about you, so that's why we're here to learn about it. Well, well, so I was going to ask you before I got on, like, were you going to be like delivering me a pizza remotely or something so that I could get the full experience? Um, but I didn't get a chance to ask you that. To answer your question. Uh, and this actually ties into the whole crazy chaos going on um, right now with all of these businesses closing around us. Uh-huh. There is a neighbor. There is a neighborhood pizza shop in my neighborhood called Phil's Pizza, and it's the real deal. And it's so much the real deal that it actually made its way onto the record uh, on track four of our upcoming record. Uh, I talk about Phil's Pizza as a part of my mental health routine. So. If I had it my way, that's what we would be eating. Oh, damn. That sounds... Now I want it. Is it Phil or Bill's? Phil. P-H-I-L. Okay, Phil. And the reason why it ties into current events is because uh, around Saturday or Sunday, shortly after Governor Pritzker's order to shut down everything, Phil's closed. And I was crushed. Yeah, and I felt like... I felt like such a liar because just earlier that day I posted on our social media that uh, if people donated to our band camp, we would be able to buy Phil's pizza. And then like three hours later they closed. Man. There's a, there's a good ending to this story. Less than 48 hours later, they posted on their social media that due to popular demand, they were reopening. So we're back in business on the South side. And if you're ever in the neighborhood, I strongly encourage you, to, to partake of Phil's Pizza. And if you're, might I suggest, if you don't get sick of talking to me, we can do another episode <laughs> where we actually have Phil. Yeah. So you can experience what I'm talking about. Oh, hell yeah. No, we're that's going <laughs> to happen. When, once this is all over and, you know, the, the new record is out, like, we can do this again. And hopefully, you know, hopefully by then, things will have calmed down a little bit. It's like, I don't know what to think anymore. They tell us that, you know, April, this, uh, you know, everyone stay home thing is going on till April 7th. And in my mind, I'm like, okay, yeah, like, I, I'm not expecting it to be just because it changes so much day to day that I'm like, I wonder if it's going to go farther than that, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that it is. And I can tell you, like, based on my communication with those working in the healthcare industry, including some friends of mine that are nurses, um, there's no reason to believe that that's actually accurate whatsoever. I saw some friends talking about like going through like a couple more weeks of this quote unquote. And, um, 
unless the president decides to just like ramrod everything into total chaos, which he may do, <laughs> yeah. uh, the likelihood that we're going to be like locked down for a little bit longer is, is pretty strong. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I yeah. hope, uh, you know, this ends sooner than later, but, um, you know, the fact that these cases are exponentially increasing every day, uh, does not lend itself to the belief that, you know, this is going to wrap up here in a few days. Right. Like the the it's, whole two weeks or whatever it ends up being, I think it's about two weeks. Um, it just doesn't seem long enough, you know, compared yeah. to, you know, like what's been going on in, in China and, and stuff like that. Right. So sucks, man. It does. But hey, you know, I'm glad that you and I are still healthy and, and most everyone else we know is still healthy and, and we're all getting through this together and, and talking about music and it just gives us more time to appreciate each other, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a major reset button. Like I left my apartment today for the first time in like over a week, besides just like essential errands. I mean, I've been going for walks in my hood, like just to uh, to keep my head and everything. But I, I ran into the office today, and it was the first time I was more than like two miles away from where I live, like in in almost two weeks. And uh, it was just like it was this mixed bag of like almost like sheer happiness to be like out in the world, but also like there's this layer of anxiety about everything that you could almost cut with a knife, and it's just weird and like. It's, it just makes you appreciate certain things so much differently. Like how badly I would love to just be like out in the sunshine and doing regular things. You know what I mean? Like yep. I just want to like hug my nephews and hang out with my family and, and like hang out with my friends and like live music is another thing. I mean, holy shit. Like just seeing like any band, like just rip my face off right now would be the most euphoric amazing thing i could imagine and it just sucks to be so disconnected from all that stuff man i think uh when this all <laughs> like okay so everyone loves to hate on creed right or uh nickelback you know so like yes i even, do too even if uh they were the only concert available i think we would all at this point go yeah. see it <laughs> like, well, I don't want to get too crazy. I mean, we're only like nine or ten days in. Maybe check with me at like like the sixty day mark. Uh, yeah, I really, you're probably right, man. I mean, um, you know, certain things in music today. Um, I mean, I think Nickelback kind of, you know, as bad as they may be, like they kind of put some of the modern stuff to shame. And I'm not like a hater of modern music. I'm just saying, uh, you know, you're probably right at the end of the day. Yeah, well, you're, I think you are right as well, though. It is a little early, but yeah, I think another 60 days from now or whatever, if this is still, this isolation thing is still going on, I think all of us would be so happy, you know, if uh, if we were able to go see Nickelback <laughs> in concert. If that was the only thing, the only live music experience we could have, you know, so. I, I, would, I would be into it, like, as long as they were serving nachos or, or something, you know, or that beer. I could have like a multi, yeah, well, yeah. multifaceted experience. Yeah, yeah, ex but. exactly. <laughs> um, so let's let's actually talk about lights over Bridgeport. Um, and I'm now I'm I'm seriously I'm that's all I'm thinking about is that Phil's Pizza Place. It just sounds amazing. Um, so I'm looking forward to whenever we can get out there. But um, so you guys dropped yeah. you guys dropped a new single. Um, and a video, uh, the, uh, the single actually is, it's not available for streaming yet, right? It's just on YouTube for the music video. 
No, it actually came up onto all streaming platforms at midnight last night. So okay. it is available on Spotify, Amazon, Apple Music, um, wherever you kind of do that stuff. Perfect. Yeah, because I, I hadn't looked yet today, um, but I was looking, it must have been yesterday or the day before, um, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't find it. But um, obviously the video is incredible um, just, for, just for the fact that it's done. I've, I've always been fascinated with music videos that are done in a single shot. Um, there are s- some of my uh, favorite music videos have been done in single shot. And um, the fact that this one was done by a local Chicago band that's not necessarily, you know, has a, a ton of money to work with um, and is able to pull this off with the right people is amazing. Um I uh, I watched the yeah. little behind the scenes of it, and I thought that was just so cool. I was like, "Wow!" I was like, so how many times did you guys have to practice that? No lie, man. It was one of the most like it was one of the five most incredible days of my life. I mean, possibly top three. It was just it was that amazing. Um, so basically, just to give you an idea about how it came about that day we recruited about 30 friends to be a part of this video and the night before so a set was built and there's all this backstory but the night before there was about five people including myself a um, couple couple of the guys in the band the director his wife and like his dad so there was like six people that like ran through stuff for like an hour or two and then Fast forward to the next morning, 8 a.m., everybody shows up. Nobody knew anything about what we were going to be doing other than filming a video. Nobody had a script. Nobody knew anything about what, what they were doing. We just gave them these like weird instructions like, bring a Halloween costume, bring a New Year's <laughs> Eve outfit, um, you know, bring a positive attitude, don't complain, and be here from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. So that's all they knew. So we, we show up, our director like goes through the basically like a walkthrough with everybody at 8 a.m. sharp. And then from there we started practicing the video, which was completely sequenced out, you know, according to the time of the song, we started practicing it in like chunks of time. So we started with like the first 50 seconds and then we like went to the first minute 20. Then we went to the first two and a half and so forth. until we were able to run, through the entire thing, basically, like as a, a rough draft. That took us about four hours. Wow. We took a break. Yeah. We took a break for lunch. And then right after lunch, I think it was around one, we decided to give it our first go with the camera. And believe it or not, the very first take we actually got was a keeper. But, of course, if you know anything about creative work, you can't just go with your first take. You have to, you know, try it again. Yes, you have to so do it many times. At, yes. So after that, we tried it probably three, four, five more times, and we had screw-ups every single time. And then I want to say about two or three hours into trying again, we got another really, really good one. And then we did it one more time and got it again. And after that, um, it was just like the biggest like roar of applause inside that warehouse and everybody like cracked a beer and hung out and celebrated like 
like a truly incredible day. It was so rad. Todd ordered like, I think he ordered like 30 pizzas to be delivered. Like once we were done and everyone just like hung out and relished the moment. It was incredible, dude. It was so incredible. And we've been sitting on this thing for like six months. It was totally done. Like I think in October, like the final edit, and we've just been waiting to get all this other stuff lined up for the record. And it's just incredible to be able to get it out there. Wow, man. that Yeah, that's a long time to sit on something that cool, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, man. So you mentioned Todd. You're talking about Todd Randall from 350 Brewing, right? Yes. Okay, so how did you meet Todd, or what's your relationship with Todd? Because I know you guys have a great relationship, because you're on so many of the 350 shows, the incredible shows that he puts on. I love his shows. They're always so great. Yeah, for sure, man. Todd has just been a friend of the band. Like, I don't really remember exactly how our friendship started. I think it was because... So, he... He knew, so our producer, our recording producer is Nick Diener, formerly of the Swellers. Okay. And he had, he had been in touch with Nick about doing a few things for the 350 event. And the first 350 Fest, I um, actually, we had just finished recording um, an ET and like Nick came out. It was not long after we finished recording our Trenches EP and Nick like swung out um, to play an acoustic set. And like he stayed with me and we went up there together and just kind of hung out. And I think that was like the first time that I met Todd. But then the next, like the next year, the year after that, um, I I think what happened was Todd was trying to get Nick to play. He was probably trying to get him to reunite the swellers. (laughs) Uh, and, and, um, and Nick was just like, yo, like we're not doing this, but you should have this band play. And at that point, um, Todd reached out and booked us on 350 Fest 3. And that was the first thing we ever did with him. And I got to tell you, like, like nobody has ever treated our band better than Todd and like the 350 family, um, you know, from the beginning, like even before we played that show, people from 350 were just like, they were amazing to us and they've been huge supporters of us. So uh, fast forward a couple of years after that, like, we actually met the director of this video through Todd and Todd was like, you can film it here in my space and that's basically how it happened. He was a, a major support to, to the video project. I'll just say that. And, uh, you know, that was, that was a big reason why we were able to get it done. So shout out to Todd. I love you, man, wherever you are. I haven't talked to him in a while, but, uh, I miss you, dude. <laughs> yeah. I've heard nothing but great things about Todd. Um, and I've, I've seen him do nothing but great things. And the fact that he's that supportive, of you know music local music too not just um the the national acts he brings into tinley park but the fact that he's helping you know us homies out here in uh, chicago area is great so you actually from the behind the scenes video that i watched um you actually built that set from top to bottom in the 350 brewing facility i sat on my ass some other people built it from the ground <laughs> up as a 350 brain. And I showed You didn't up. do anything? Hell no, dude. I'm dude, like, you're pure listen. talent, man. You're just like, I'm just the talent. I just show up and other people do shit for me. <laughs> dude, my grandfather, my grandfather was a, was a carpenter, worked uh-huh. on the skyscrapers downtown. My uncle has his own carpentry business. I inherited zero skills of that ilk. Like, I mean, like, 
like any, like a, you know, anything could fall apart in, in my home and it's a, a certain disaster. So it's best to keep me as far from that shit as possible. Uh, I don't, I don't know who built it. Burling, our director was, was the guy that was in charge. Uh, I don't know. He got some grunts or whatever to, to, to get it, make it happen. That's the guy that really like when, when, when the rubber hits the road, he's the one that, you know, that actually, I mean, he designed the set, built it, uh, and uh, they were slaving because we filmed in August, so they were slaving away, and, you know, in a sweltering hot building, building that thing too. And so, the, the, like, and I was telling the guys, like, Matt was sending me pictures of, of the set being built, and I'm like sending them to the guys, and I'm like, I'm like, can you believe that, like, <laughs> this is happening? Like, we're the biggest bunch of idiots, you know. And so we <laughs> we just show up, and we're like, dude, this is insane it was just totally insane man yeah i mean the it's uh it's got to be surreal that you're just you know sitting back chillaxing and you know you're this this guy you hired is doing you know the work for you and sending you pictures and how it's being done it's it's that's got to be you know surreal no it was it was incredible man i mean it's i've been saying it, it's hands down the most incredible thing that we've ever been a part of as a band. I mean, we've done some killer videos. We've done some killer shows. I've gotten to open up for my all time favorite punk rock band. I mean, we played to like thousands of people in my hometown, but this was above and beyond cooler than anything we've ever been a part of. Like it was just so sick. Well, the video turned out amazing and I encourage everyone to check it out. Um, it's called Morning in Chicago. Obviously, lights over Bridgeport. You know, look it up on YouTube, or better yet, just obviously go follow all the uh, lights over Bridgeport social media pages and stuff, and you'll find it there too. Um, so, you know, I obviously there's a storyline that goes along with the video. You know, it starts with a breakup and then it ends with a new relationship. So, I'm guessing like that's kind of uh, relates obviously to the song. Yeah, it does. Um, it does pretty closely. Um, it's, I, I wouldn't say that, um, it's a direct reflection of necessarily like what I love the song about, but I mean, it, it definitely ties in pretty well. The, the whole story concept was all Matt, our director as well. He came up with it, you know, and I know he's drawing on the themes of, of the record and that song for sure. Um, there's not necessarily a part in the song where, where um where boy meets new girl like the reality of that is like it's more like boy enters midlife crisis but uh (laughs) that's kind of what i got from it too (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah but uh but the story was was i mean simple sweet uh, unlike the actual logistics of the video but yeah i mean um there's definitely some parallels there for sure um and the the new record better it's called better this way it's going to be coming out may 22nd and yeah. you're, you're talking, you already kind of talked about some of the other themes, or you're talking about how there was a song about Phil's Pizza, or you mentioned Phil's Pizza, which, you know, that might have to be like the new theme for this podcast, I'm thinking, um, that song. Or at least I'm going to have to play it at some point on the podcast. Well, I would love that, and, and I'll get it to you as soon as it's ready, but, but so that song in particular that whole song is called Southside Serenade uh-huh. and the entire song I wrote to make fun of my dating life. <laughs> and so, so your dating so life chorus, consists of Phil's pizza. Well, 
it would if 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 the gal wanted to come hang out with me. Uh-huh. Um, which that's up to that's up to her. But so the chorus of the song kind of talks about you know, hey, if you want to kick it with me out here, this is what we'll be doing, and it consists of Phil's Pizza and the coffee shop and going to the gym on Sunday and you know yeah. that kind of thing. So, oh yeah. So Speak- so yeah. It's, it's, you know, I love, I'm so excited to get that one out there, but that's basically what that one's about. Speaking of the gym, you are, you are so buff. I am so <laughs> jealous of your muscles. Seriously. Like anytime I see a picture of you pop up on my Facebook or Twitter or whatever, I'm like, damn, like I need to, I need to find out what this guy does to, to, to do this. I'm sure it, like, it's obviously not as easy as it looks, but like, I might have to hit the gym with you one day and find out your secret. Wow. I, yeah, I, I never know where to go with this one. Um, and what I can, t- <laughs> <laughs> what, what like, I can wow, tell you is Wow, this is that- so awkward now. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, I can tell you that with this quarantine and the gym being closed that, you know, I'm probably co- going to come out of this looking like one of those blobfish. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those, you know, it's, especially factoring in my diet right now, which consists of chili cheese Fritos mm. and Tillamook ice cream. Oh, uh, man. I'm, I've been yeah, having ice, a lot of ice cream lately, so I feel you. I don't even keep ice cream in my apartment, but I've got it now, man, because I'm, I'm here to stay <laughs> and I'm trying to maintain. But, yeah, when, when there isn't a, national, or a worldwide pandemic, um, I do enjoy the gym. Uh, it's been nothing but a source of positivity in my life. Um, and it's just one of those kind of passions that I, I just absolutely love to just kind of chase. Um, so it's cool if you notice, man, that that's rad. Oh, I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone can miss it, dude. You're, <laughs> you know, um, and obviously, I mean that obviously in a completely good way. I don't mean it in a bad way at all. Um, so, oh yeah, no, no, I, I got you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's, uh, I don't really look at myself like that, but that's really awesome. I mean, I've definitely worked really, really, really hard. So, um, you know, so that's cool if, if, if anyone's into it. <laughs> See, that's the, this is why you're that guy that we were just talking about in the beginning of the, the podcast about, you know, you're just that cool dude that I don't know, but I feel like I know him or I at least know that he's awesome, you know, but I barely know well, anything you. about him. Um, so one thing I've struggled with with the gym is getting over that self-consciousness. And I don't know if you ever like struggled with that in the beginning of, of starting to, to hit the gym or whatever, but how does a person get over that? Big time, man. And if my, one of my two best friends, Danny, he told me he was listening to this. He probably shut it off now because I don't think he likes to hear the sound (laughs) of my laugh, but, uh, (laughs) He's the one, we've been friends since I was like 14, and he's the one that helped me start in the gym like way back when I was younger. And I was like so, so this is like, I mean, forever ago. And this is like, I was like a different person. And I came to him for help with going to the gym because I was like so unhappy with who I was as a person and how I looked. I just came to this like terrible point where I was like, and, I, and part of and why I'm telling you this long story is because part of my struggle was exactly what you just said. Like, I didn't know what the hell to do going into a gym. Like, I grew up a fat kid, you know, like, 
our parents just like took us to like Burger King and stuff. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like yeah. I, I was not active. I played my guitar, like wasn't into sports. Uh, so I was just like, I had no idea what to do. And I, I came to my friend Danny and I was like, dude, you know, I need you to help me. And, and the reason I got the courage up to, to, to ask him about that was because I just said to myself, I was in such a dark place. I said, no matter how bad things go, when I go in there and try to pick up a dumbbell or a barbell, it can't be any worse than how I feel about myself right now. And you know, I don't know if everyone's able to come to that place. I'm not suggesting that people should need to hit like a rock bottom per se, but um, my response to your question would be, you know, if you think of anything that you do, like let's use your podcast, for example, Okay. I'll bet the first time that you did a podcast, it completely sucked or at least was it <laughs> a lot worse than what it is now, right? Yes. Oh my you, gosh. Would, you have no idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So... So as long as I'm not assuming too much, so just go back to the first time that you ever did this podcast and think about how far you've come, but also think about the fact that probably, you know, there are things that you want to do with this podcast and other areas of your life that maybe you haven't even achieved yet. The whole point is, is the continuum. And if you go to do anything to better yourself, you are doing light years more than a million other people who just sat at home on their ass. So, you know, the other part of it is like, there's no way in life to accomplish or achieve anything at all without taking some risk that, you know, you might look weird doing something or, um, you may not have it down pat, like right away. And, you know, that's just the risk that we all have to take if we're ever going to improve on anything. So, um, you know, I don't know if that's the advice that you're looking for, but <laughs> no, I would, no, no, that's, that definitely, that pretty much answers it. I, I would encourage you. And, and I would, I would strongly encourage you. Like if, if that was something that you wanted to do, like, you know, what it comes down to, man, is just like, don't pay attention to anyone that's going to say anything negative about you. And that's one of the things that Danny used to tell me back in those days was like, he used to tell me like, Hey man, like, these guys in here might be jacked or whatever, or they might be in good shape, but like more than half of them will look at you and remember when they were in your same shoots. And that's totally the truth, man. Like the gym that I go to, there's guys that can lift, you know, like double and triple what I can lift. And they're like these gargantuan, like, like comic book looking dudes. <laughs> and like, they, they help me, you know, with what I'm working on. And, you know, they don't judge me. Like people that do that stuff don't matter anyway. So, I realize it can be really intimidating for a lot of people. And the worst part about it is like when it comes to gym culture, there's so much negativity that goes along with it. And, you know, there's all this like this toxic masculinity stuff and, and all that stuff very real. But when it comes down to it, man, it can be like such a really good thing for you. And um, I would encourage you in any way to try to, to just push through that and see how it goes. And I'm betting that just trying a few basic things, it wouldn't be as bad as you might think. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I keep trying to tell myself. And every time, like, I try to get back in that routine of going, you know, I just, it, I try to remind myself, well, you just got to get past this awkward stage, you know, and then you'll, you know, you'll finally find that spot and then you can improve from there. It's just so hard to do. <laughs> it, it is, man, especially when it's not natural to you. But I'll say this. 
if, if there's ever anything I can do to help you, even up to and including like a one-on-one session or, or something like that, if we could ever make that happen, I would be happy to do it, man. I'd be happy to, to show you some things, or if you had questions, I would be happy to help you out, man. I love, I'd love to do it. We'd have to get pizza afterwards. <laughs> well, there's no better time to eat like huge amounts of food than after you lift a few weights. So See? I'm, the, I'm well, down for you, it. You are so kind. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. I seriously might take you up on that when, when uh, all please, this COVID stuff blows over, you know? So... Please do, man. Like all, all the punk rockers, man, all they want to do is like have whiskey, you know, like nobody <laughs> wants to lift any weight. So I'm just laying around like by myself, like writing these sad songs. It's like, please take me up on that. I'd love to do it. You're like the, uh, I was just thinking, I was trying to think of punk rockers who are jacked and there's like, I guess there's not a, <laughs> there's not really a lot of them. The only, like the first one that that's the closest in my mind that I can think of is like Henry Rollins. Like, he's always looked jacked for the most part, right? Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that we all love about Henry is that, you know, he does what he wants, and he, you know, he's always kind of pursuing, you know, what he wants, and he, he's not following anyone. Yeah, that's you know? for sure. And, 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 I mean, that's why I think I get a little weirded out sometimes, like, when I get asked about the gym thing, because it's like, you know, it's a thing that doesn't, like, fit smoothly into the punk rock thing that well. And, and I don't really care about that, but you know, I just, I don't know what kind of like, like perceptions that there are out there about it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be who I am. Like, I don't care about like, like I said, I, you know, the world doesn't need like another fucking whiskey drink and punk rock dude, like, you know, <laughs> like strung out and like down on life. I mean, I'm definitely down on life, but I just don't drink. Right. So <laughs> either way, uh, my point is, you know, it, I guess it is a little unusual, but um, I am what I am. Hey, I don't think it's unusual. I think it's badass. That's why I brought it up. I was like, dude, I got to talk to this guy about this. So, you know, that's I, I'm definitely not. I'm calling you out in a good way. So, hey, dude, I appreciate it. <laughs> I don't feel called out in a bad way. It's all good. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. Um, so, when we talked, I don't know if it was a couple weeks ago or a month ago, sometime in the, like the last month, I changed my profile picture um, to a picture of me and Mike Herrera of MXPX, and you commented on it and said, "Oh, I got to tell you my Mike Herrera story," and I said, "Well." Whenever I bring the podcast back, I got to hear it. So can I hear the story? Hell yeah, I'd love to. All right. So what's the, because I'm a a huge MXPX fan, obviously. So like, I got to, I got to hear this. (laughs) Okay. So a couple questions to start the story. Do you, do you know the band much the same? Yeah. I mean, not super well, but yeah. All right. Well, their bass player Frankie Chukalis, a uh, friend of mine, um, he used to work for 350. Uh, and so the next question was, did you go see MXPX at 350 Fest? Yes. Yes, I was at that show. That All was right. the first Fest, uh, 350 Fest I went to. Okay, sweet. So so um, Frankie recruited me to work that day at 350 Fest. Okay. And MXPX was playing. And I jumped at the opportunity because the Menzingers were also playing and they're one of my favorite bands. And, uh, you know, I was 
I was all in. So, and I, I like MXPX, but I was never like a, like a massive, massive fan. Um, I dig on them, but like, I don't have like this encyclopedic knowledge of all their music or anything. Mm-hmm. So they were not like a major highlight of it for me, but, um, off I go to work 350 Fest, uh, with, with Menzingers and MXPX. So, uh, Bayside was headlining as well. And there was just this massive, massive crowd of people. So next thing I know, like the crowd is tripled or quadrupled in size. MXPX goes on. They start smoking it and just, they're just killing it. And it's just like stage diver after stage diver and crowd surfer after crowd surfer. And I'm standing in the front and everybody's looking at me like I'm a cop. And like, I'm like, holy shit. Like I've never been in this position before. And in that moment, I'm like, you know, totally reversing roles from all the shows I went to growing up as a kid and still go to to now being the guy on the other side of the barricade. And I'm like trying to figure out how to react. I'm trying to catch these uh, crowd surfers and stage divers like as hospitably as possible. I mean, I've never practiced this before. Right. So, so, you know, I'm carrying a few people around and, you know, letting them run off. And one of these dudes jumps over the barricade, gets on stage, runs after my career. And I mean, you know, these people that do this stuff, you know, they, they get on stage and they, they think for some reason that everyone wants this and everyone wants to see them up there. I don't know, but he's running around and like the guys on the other side of the stage tackle him. And I remember I like tried to grab him, but I couldn't get him. And, uh, and I like ripped off part of his shirt. I'm like, Oh, well, so things were getting rowdy. And so I'm, I'm standing there like the band is between songs and Mike Herrera like points to me and he says something. I couldn't, like make out exactly what he said but he was like you guys need to take it easy on these kids out here it's like they're just having like, trying to have a good time and have fun <laughs> and i'm thinking to myself dude like i just came out here to move a couple guitar cabs like i'm not a security guard i never wanted to stop anybody from jumping on stage and it was just so weird that mike Herrera, this like punk like celebrity is just like thinking that i'm roughing up these kids which was totally not the case you know you know it's, it's totally not the case but uh yeah that was that was a little rad uh gnarly experience and it's a fun story but um that was the time that mike Herrera told me to chill wow i was trying to rem- i'm like you're telling the story and i'm trying to remember if i if i remember seeing that or anyone getting on stage and i think i kindly i kind of vaguely remember the crowd getting pretty rowdy that day and i I, th- yeah. I think i do remember someone getting on stage um yeah dude it, it felt like like one of those popcorn machines where like you know the popcorn just starts popping in the air that's what the kids were like they were just, i mean in, in my mind they were just like bam 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 it was just like one after another one after another and you know frankie like, <laughs> i just remember watching him like i mean he's not like a small guy but like there was a lot of big dudes that were there they're like 350 guys like big beer drinking dudes that were we're like wrestling some of these guys and like Frankie's like literally like grabbing like every single person and like putting them down on the ground. And I'm like, Holy shit, man. Like this is not what I'm here for, but damn, uh, it was a blast. <laughs> that's, that's funny. And nobody though. got hurt. Well, that's good. That's good. You would think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't sound like you were being too rough, but you know, I well, mean. that's, I mean, that's why, that's why it's, such a funny story and i mean these situations have a way of 
I mean, if you think about it, like punk rock shows are, are a little bit of a powder keg, and like I don't want to sound like a cop when I say this, but you know, like like in any moment, like any act at a show can be perceived completely differently between two different people who are looking at it. Like uh, I remember, I, I was at a face to face show, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the band, and I'm I'm a part of like the online fan club, mm-hmm. and so. The safe that they played this show in Chicago and some dude, some knucklehead tried getting on stage at some key and Trev like, like put his leg out, you know? And I mean, I guess you could say he kicked the dude, but it's not like he like drop kicked him. I mean, the guy's playing music and the, the dude is like crashing onto the mic. And so he put his foot out to like get the guy back and it made perfect sense. I was standing right up there, you know, to see what, what had happened. Well, Next thing I know, somebody on the on the fan club is like, "Oh, you, you know, this guy kicks his fans. Like, that's no way to treat a, somebody that you know pays money." And I, how would you like it? And I'm just like, you know, I'm just telling this story because it's like it's an example of like, at any moment, you know, with people jumping around, like somebody can look at it and be like, "Oh, this is aggressive," or "Oh, they're just having fun." I mean, so I don't know. But luckily, like I said, nobody got hurt, and in large part, these things police themselves. So you know whatever yeah i remember being at an mxpx i think it was when they played warp tour one time <clears throat> now that we're talking about mosh pit stories and stuff i remember i i believe it was warp tour i was watching mxpx they had to stop in the middle of their set because some dude kept trying to crowd surf and he was like completely wasted so he tried like this guy tried like three or four times and finally on that third or fourth time the guy f- you know, fell off from trying to crowd surf and he didn't get back up. <laughs> so they Whoa. like, they like stopped mid set. Cause they were like worried about this guy. Like, Oh, like, is, is he okay? Like wh- what's going on? And then, you know, of course the paramedics came in and everything, but yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty, uh, pretty serious, but yeah, it's, I mean, w- and with the, the people coming up on stage, it, you know, it's a fine line. Um, like you're saying, you know, someone can take it as, oh, they're just having fun. Then the next can be like, well, it's a little too much, you know? So it is yeah, all about man, perception. It, it is. And it depends a lot on every show and, you know, all the variables involved. Like I'm a huge, huge fan of hardcore and I go to a lot of hardcore shows and I've been to a lot of hardcore shows where it's just kind of wanton violence, especially the ones I went to like as a kid like in the late nineties, early two thousands. But I've been to others where there's a strong sense of community and people are looking out for each other and they're being crazy, but you know, there's absolutely no worries or concern because, you know, people are in their element. But, you know, if you were to introduce like gnarly, like high ABV beers to a situation or, you know, a barricade or, you know, aggression or whatever, I mean, Dude, it's like, it is, it's a fine line between what's having fun, which I'm all for, you know, I come from the DIY punk rock scene and, and all of that, but, but, but at the same time, like shit can definitely go wrong. And, and that's why that, again, that's why that story is so funny is because like, I, I had no desire to be in that position. I had no desire to like mess with anybody or ruin anybody's good time. And the next thing I, I know, like this, like famous punk dude is like, Hey dude, you need to chill. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa. You know, just here to see them head to your spot. You know, like, uh, sorry. What would be great is if, uh, he remembered that. And you know, next time you see him, he's like, Hey, you're the guy that needs to chill. 
That would be hilarious. I'm yeah. I'm positive he will never remember who Probably I am. Probably not, no. But you know, <laughs> if if he did, that would be pretty remarkable. Um but uh yeah, it's hard it's it's most likely that that he wouldn't. But um well, let's get back to Lights Over Bridgeport. That's a great story. I'm really glad I finally got to hear it because I've been thinking about it. Like every time I see you pop up on my social media pages, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear the Mike Herrera story. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the new record, Better This Way, it's available for pre order right now, correct? Yes. Okay, correct. so what's the link that we need to go to to pre order that record? <clears throat> It would either be lightsoverbridgeport.com or lightsoverbridgeport.bigcartel.com. Okay. And I'm giving I'm giving two links because, um, and this goes out to any band dudes that are listening to this right now. Uh, if you ever are going to release uh, an album or do something big, you can be assured that something will go wrong during the hour that you work toward the release point. Uh, at least that's been Life of a Bridge Force experience. Yesterday when we launched the pre-order, we not only were having some minor issues with the URL, but the uh, web store was like not functional. And I had like a total meltdown uh, in my bedroom yesterday at 11, but we won't talk about that. Uh, so <laughs> Those, those so, moments are so fun, aren't they? Like you're working your ass uh, off dude. and then all of a sudden this thing isn't working and you can't figure it out. Dude, every release day that we have ever had, barring one maybe, there has been a total nightmare situation. Like when we did our trenches record, the the digital upload um, failed. So oh. we had told people that you know our album's coming out, our album's coming out. Hey, like seventeen fans, like please pay attention. And sure enough, the day came and the seventeen fans were online and and there were no music and it, it sucked. Oh, oh it sucked so bad. So, but this one, uh, we, we mostly resolved it. And I just wanted to give those two links because, uh, you know, if anyone has trouble with the main URL, go to lightsoverbridgeport.bigcartel.com and you should be able to get to the pre-order. Okay, cool. Awesome. And so are there, are you guys doing like this on vinyl or anything? For the first time ever, we are going to have vinyl. That's awesome. Um, and I'm incredibly excited about that. I've never had uh, a vinyl of any music that I've ever made, so I'm very excited. Yeah, that's something I've always... That's like, like on my bucket list, to, to record something that I can put on vinyl. Yeah, you should do it. Yeah, one of, the, one of these days. But uh, I might have to uh, I might have to pre-order that vinyl from you guys, because... I'm uh, I'm sure this record's going to be amazing. So I really enjoyed the last EP. That was when I was actually introduced to you guys, you know, um, like the song Saving April. I think, I don't know if there was like a Facebook ad or what it was. I think it probably was. It came across my feed one day. And I'm like, oh, I was like, these guys are really awesome. And it's like, oh, they're, oh, wow. It's like they're from you know, Chicago area. I was like, that's, that's great. So, and actually I'm pretty sure I played that song on this podcast, like, you know, three years ago. So, um, nice. yeah. So like that's, uh, so I, I guess sort of you've been on the podcast in a different way, <laughs> but, uh, well, thank you. That's cool. No, you're welcome, man. I'm just glad that we, uh, finally got to sit down and chat. Um, so I think, 
I mean, I think that wraps it up for uh, for tonight, man. So, awesome. um, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I hope you had fun. Dude, I had a blast. Like, I've got so many wonderful family and friends, but as far as the quarantine goes, man, it's just me here. So, you know, my usual routine at night is just like making a little food, doing a little work. Uh, this has been way better. So thanks for uh, quarantining <laughs> with me, dude. Oh, hell yeah, and thanks, dude. Thanks for having me on and uh, talking about the band. We really appreciate it. Anyone that's listening that um, has been checking out the new stuff, man, it means just the world to us. We put a ton of work into this record. And with everything that we've done, we've tried to scale it up, you know, a- another level with each step. And um, to do that again, of course, for better this way, and to uh, to receive the support that we have, um, I appreciate it so much. We all do. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, we're gonna need to uh, support it now more than ever. With because I mean, obviously, you want to do a release show, but you probably that's up in the air at this point, right? That is correct. Yeah, I'm un- I'm unable to disclose details about the release show uh, due to the fact that. Um, it is probably unlikely that it's going to take place on the date that it is currently scheduled. So, um, I mean, we're, we're not totally sure on that. Uh, we've got a tentative date for late May in Chicago, but, um, we'll have to wait and see if that's going to be a possibility. Special thanks once again to Johnny Hamlin of lights over Bridgeport out of Chicago for being on the show today. We're going to have to get that pizza once this COVID-19 pandemic is over with. That Phil's pizza, I'm still thinking about it. And it's been like a week since we talked. I'm still thinking about it, Johnny. So I can't wait to uh, do that with you one day. And uh, like I said, thank you once again to Johnny. And thank you once again to Lights Over Bridgeport. Uh, Make sure you follow them on social media, which I know on Facebook, they're at Lights Over Bridgeport. I forgot to look up the other handles, but you can just go to lightsoverbridgeport.com and pre-order that new album called Better This Way. It's coming out May 22nd, and I'm super excited that they are doing a vinyl for this release. Now, as Johnny said, they're not sure about when a CD release show is going to happen yet, just because of, obviously, the COVID-19 pandemic. So hopefully that all gets sorted out soon. We got to stay home, stay safe, let this thing die down, and then we can finally start going back to shows. And we can go to the Lights Over Bridgeport record release together, right? (laughs) All right, I'm Jacques L'Amour. That is it for this episode of Pop Punk and Pizza. We We will be back next week. In the meantime, make sure you hit us up on social media at Pop Punk Pizza Pod, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all the same handle. You can follow me at On Air with JL on Twitter. Also, the Bangarang Radio handles, Twitter and Facebook, is at Bangarang Radio. And if you're in a band or you're a publicist or a manager or whatever it might be, and you're interested in getting your music played on the show or getting your band onto the show, whatever it may be, you can shoot me an email at bangerangradio at gmail.com. Again, that's bangerangradio at gmail.com. And just send me your EPKs, your press kits, whatever it is, as much information about your band as possible. And we'll see if this is something that we can do for the podcast. So have a wonderful day, whatever it is you're doing. Please stay healthy. Wash your hands, stay home, 
and we're all in this together, all right? Hope and hygiene. Remember, I'll talk to you soon. Eat lots of pizza, but wash your hands first. It's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet ya. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza.